So New South Wales is going to have pattern books. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, well, it's a fan. When I say it's fantastic, I'm in two minds, but it's really interesting because it goes back a long, long way. Yeah, the idea and right back into one of your novels. So we'll talk (laughs) about that. We're going to talk about what has been described in the past as the best apartment block in the world, but apparently is considerably less so in Sydney. Mm. And we're going to talk about our lock up and leave for this week. And we'll have a quick visit to the parking garage to find out what's going on down there. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams and I write about property for Domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. Pattern books. So you know a bit about that. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that Chris Minns, the Premier of New South Wales, was talking about the possibility of reintroducing the idea of pattern books. Yep. And they would be to provide a template for things like terrace houses and apartment buildings up, up to, to six yeah. stories. Yep. Um, and I kind of smiled when I read about this because um, people were saying, oh, it's a really interesting, novel, new idea. But I did a book a little while ago about Elizabeth Macquarie. Yeah. Um, the the wife of the fifth governor of New South Wales, Lachlan Macquarie. And when she came over to New South Wales from England or from Scotland, yes. she brought her a pattern book with her, a pattern book of buildings, because her uncle was a famous architect and she was really keen on architecture. So she brought this pattern book so that she could replicate some of the buildings that she knew in Scotland so well yep. in Sydney. And one of them is out in Parramatta, isn't it? That's right. Um, she had the pattern book for her the, her childhood house, Ed's house, where she grew up in the Western Highlands of Scotland. Yep. And she reproduced that in Parramatta for the female orphanage. Oh, and it's right. still standing there. It's now a heritage building. It's a beautiful building on the Parramatta River. And it is absolutely identical to Ed's house. And we both went and visited Ed's house, you might remember. Yes, it's just north of Auburn. That's right. It was very beautiful. And uh, so it was kind of, it made me smile to think we're going back to the past and pattern books again. So the pattern book thing, I mean, what Chris Minns is saying, first of all, they're doing an international competition for people to come up with. But I think they're talking about five patterns. Mm, five or six, I think, yeah. For each style of dwelling. So you've got terrace houses, you've got apartment blocks up to six stories, you've got duplexes, you've got... Townhouses, uh, maybe. Yep. Um, well, terraces and townhouses, I think of them as being the same thing, really. Do you? I don't yeah. think they're quite the same. Okay, what's different? But <laughs> <laughs> it's a row houses, of houses, it's yeah. a row of dwellings that yes. share a wall in between them, and they're going to do you know large single story dwellings as well. But the whole point of this is to push through multi occupancy. As quickly as possible. As quickly as possible in areas where it has been resisted. Yeah. And that means as soon as they've decided on these pattern books, and I think there'll be a public competition for some of them, won't there? So the public will be able to comment on them too. Yeah. It does mean that they'll be able to go ahead without going through the huge bureaucratic, long-winded planning approval process. It'll be able to push through really quickly. Yeah. It's interesting. When I first heard about it again, I kind of thought, well, we've gone a bit beyond that, haven't we? And I thought architects would really criticise that because architects very much say that every building has to speak to its site. Yeah. You know, it, exactly where it is and its orientation and 
its function and whatever's very close to it. And every building should be quite individual to fit into that site. But obviously, having a template that is suitable for everywhere kind of goes I'm, against I'm, that. Yeah, I'm thinking it sounds a wee bit like architects saying, um, give us more work. Because well, if every building has to be a unique design, then that's another architect. But that's a very cynical view. They might be saying they might get more work as a result of not having a pan book, but at the same time, then, you know, it's right that buildings really speak to their environment. Yeah. And, you know, the build, the great buildings we've got, maybe apart from Central Park that we're talking about later, uh, yeah. really kind of suit their environment. Mm. And they really kind of, for the, for the residents, yep. they have great yep. light and solar access and great ventilation and stuff because of the way they're put in into their place. Yeah. And and some of them, I mean, I'm trying to think of that apartment block that's at the end of Hyde Park, right at the end. It's a, an older one. It's been there for ages. The Connaught. Connaught. Mm. Now that the style of that building fits in with the, all the other older buildings around, mm. but it still looks quite modern, mm. I think. Mm. So you know that thing about it being appropriate for the area. But what we're talking about is apparently there's only two councils two in the whole of the greater sydney area that actually allow multi occupancy dwellings apartment buildings yeah i mean it's quite really? amazing it's quite amazing how many councils resist putting well, even up. small ones i don't know the specifics mm. i mean this is something this is a statistic that mm. chris mins threw out yeah but obviously some councils really dig their heels in and resist uh, putting up anything that isn't a house. You know, you've mm. got to go jump through so many hoops yeah. to, to get approval. And what this will do, and there's another aspect to this, uh, there will be approved architects. So if you've got an approved pattern design and an approved architect, Ooh. you're just going to sail through sure. the, the approval process. So there's going to be a real battle to get onto that list isn't it absolutely there but you know that's good because you know you want mm. the best people to be building the best buildings mm. and the fact that there's five different designs i mean it's it's nice to walk down a street where you've got let's say townhouses or terraces or whatever and they are of a not of a uniform design but of an integrated design mm. so it will they look like they're meant to be there mm. and it's not just a uh, cookie cutter mm. designs which hopefully this will not be. But this kind of random just throwing up buildings where, you know, somebody just chucks up a building which fits the building codes but looks ugly and awful, mm. hopefully mm. we're moving past that. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good balance because when I've travelled around Sydney, I've often seen buildings, apartment buildings, which are really unsuitable for their, for their area, like near the train station – um, there's a one of the train stations, I think it's Strathfield, there's this building just right on the line and it has all these balconies yeah. um, kind of right over the railway line and yeah. it's a really busy railway line. I mean, it's probably quite a nice view of the railway lines, but it would be really noisy, really dirty and dusty. And most of those balconies have all been randomly fenced in kind of by the residents because, you know, they, they're unusable. Yeah. And you think that most apartment buildings would be designed with balconies, but it is obviously unsuitable for just by the railway station. The, the balcony should be on the other side. Yeah. So you kind of think, oh, I hope we don't get some of this stuff. But that's kind happening. of the sounds to me like there probably is 
balconies on the other side, but they just stuck up a standard design that they got off the peg mm. from an architect who said, yeah, we have balconies on both sides. And nobody thought, well, maybe we should have sunrooms on the side of sure. the rather than balconies. Maybe it was from a pen book too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a building down in Rushcutters Bay. I remember when we were first looking for a new apartment, and this is 20-odd years ago, this building would they would advertise it would say it was handy for um, transport. Mm. And in fact, it's got a four-lane highway on one side and a three-lane <laughs> highway plus a railway line on the other. Oh, and it's that. right in the middle yep. of all this traffic. And I'm sure over the years they've mitigated that with... Uh, soundproofing of some kind but you think yeah you can have too much uh, mm. convenience in some places <laughs> and i'm just right. somebody wrote on my facebook page the other day um we'd done a piece about uh, our new apartment in kayama and uh, somebody wrote on it saying what a shame kind of they're ruining kayama with these new buildings and it was such a lovely little town and i got really annoyed because mm. that building that, that they put up. It's low rise. It's two levels, ground floor and, and a level above. Mm. It's you can't see it until you're right up on it. And because it's, it's out of the town. Because it's, it's out of the out town, town. centre. Mm. And I wrote back and said, well, where, where do you want us to build houses? You know, do you, you want us to build more high rises in the town? Obviously not. Do you want us to just stop building in the town? Great. That means that people who have been living and working there will not be able to afford to live and work there anymore. Mm. Maybe they should just sleep in their cars. Mm. I don't think I said that. But, <laughs> and it really struck me that this knee-jerk nimbyism, mm. people going, oh, it's a new building in an old town. It's horrible. Well, mm. no, it's not. It doesn't mm. have to be. And with the new pattern book, hopefully it won't be. Yeah, absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk about a new building that was lovely and fantastic, but is slightly less so now. That's after this. Sue, tell me about Central Park in Sydney, down on Broadway there. What is going on with that building? Yeah, well, look, it's a fantastic building. Mm. Um, in, in, in Quite right, in 2014, it was voted the world's best residential building, which is... Pretty good. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's good. Australia's got a good reputation for architecture. We've just had the best commercial building in the world named as well. All right. The Key Quarter, um, the building down at Circular Key. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, which is offices and yeah. and retail. Um, so Central Park is a lovely building, and it really kind of broke the mould in lots of ways. It's very environmentally friendly. Um, they have uh, they recycle water. I think they have a yep. the water plant there. Um, they have great solar access they and the building is incredibly green yeah they've got, they got plants all up the side of the building absolutely yeah no so it looks really good and they've got that amazing heliostat yes which, i was hoping you would remember the name of that yeah. thing <laughs> which shines the light it reflects light yeah so it shines that wouldn't it, otherwise get yeah. down to the lower floors yeah. that's right so it it it's really well thought out, really cleverly designed. And unfortunately, um, over the last couple of weeks, apparently a planter box fell onto the footpath, a planter box from one of the balconies. Oh, wow. And, and that um, was one that was installed as part of the building. Yes, that's right. So they were kind of bolted on, and um, but apparently some of the residents are saying some of the bolts are defective, so they've now been tied on as well with rope. <laughs> and well, Yeah, which isn't a very good, good look, is Maybe it? Maybe they really? should use vines. <laughs> like the jungle. Yeah. And uh, they've installed some kind of overhead hoarding 
over right. the footpath to protect people. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of those could kill someone, really. Absolutely. And it's really difficult because 2014, so it's out of its warranty period. Oh. But it's a good developer, so hopefully the developer may come to the party and say, yeah. look, we'll we'll fix this, this problem because yeah. it's not fair to the residents. They're going to have to pay for it. And also some of the planter boxes have apparently got some flammable cladding on. Wow. And it's not the top flammable cladding, but it is quite flammable. Right. So, you know, if they have to replace that as well, that's going to be another big Huge bill. expense. And you, you look at it and think, well, lots more buildings now are green. Mm. We're seeing lots of buildings having loads of plantings on the balconies, on the rooftops, um, in common areas as well. I guess we have to be very careful about these plantings. I mean, I've seen buildings that, that, that went up and they looked great. They were fantastic and they had green yeah. um, leaves trickling down. And you look at them a year later, and because they haven't got proper watering facilities, yeah. they're brown and mouldy and they've kind and dried of dried up yeah. and have to be ripped out. That's and, right. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, it might be tenants in an apartment and they don't maybe don't think to water the plants yeah. or don't realise they have to. Yeah. Um they perhaps think that there's automatic watering systems. Which there probably put in, should be. Which, exactly. So we kind of have to really rethink this whole approach. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about one of the things about um, Central Park, and you're talking about they have the, the water plant there. Apparently their water, their recycled water, is purer than the tap water. Really? But, yeah. <laughs> but they're not allowed to use it for drinking because the government in New South Wales has not approved the standards for recycled water for to be used for drinking. Wow. Are they doing any work on that? Or I don't know. Probably somebody is sitting in an office somewhere sort of shuffling papers. Mm. And But, you know, it's, it's a typical of how far behind the times our politicians get very, mm. very quickly. Because here we are, okay, it's... We're heading into El Nino. It's raining now, but it's, we're heading into El Nino. There's going to be another drought. Mm. We're going to crank up the desalination plant. And there are these big buildings that have recycled water plants in them. Mm. And we're not allowed to use the, the, the water for drinking. Mm, that's crazy. I should say that this was a couple of years ago that I was last informed about this, but uh, hopefully uh, maybe it has changed, but I don't remember it being changed. No, I've not heard anything about it. That being we're so conservative in Australia and mm. in that in kind of thing. When you think, you know, you live in London, the water, the water is taken out of the Thames, basically, put through purification, comes out the taps, goes into the toilet, goes back into the Thames, Mm. Taken out again, mm. <laughs> you know. You, you that water. They say um, if you're down at you know the southern end of the the Thames River in London, the water that you drink has probably passed through six people before it got to you. <laughs> and it's kind, it's that kind of thing of all right. <laughs> doesn't sound very good, but it yeah. works. We haven't had bubonic plague in London yeah. for a while. It's the same thing in New York. I think I read some somewhere once that. Every glass of water had been through at least had been drunk by at least seven people before you. Right. It's a weird kind of concept, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And we're still drinking water that was drunk by the ancient Greeks and has gone back yeah. into the river systems. Oh my gosh! And, wow. Yeah. Mm. Good luck Oops. to the residents at Central Park. Yeah, good Hopefully luck. They, you know, they sort that out yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is a great building, and mm. uh, and uh, you're right. The developers have a terrific reputation, and they should be, and probably already are, sitting down with the residents, the strata Let's committee. Hope so. I think one of the problems there is it's a multi 
strata scheme. So you've got one strata committee for one building, another strata mm-hmm. committee for another. I think there's four of them, and then they have a combined community Yeah, committee. and they have a retail strata as yeah. well. So yeah. you've got to find agreement with all those people, which is very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they, they call it the fourth level of government for a good reason. Mm. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about parking, and uh, and we're also going to have a look at our escape route this week, our lock up and leave. That's after this. A few weeks ago, we did a survey in the Flat Chat website about the things that annoyed people most about the their neighbours. And the number one thing was uh, smoking. Um, but there were two things that kind of sandwiched barking dogs, which was number three, Um, But two and four, there were things about parking. One of them was people using visitor parking, like an extra parking space. And the other one was people actually parking in your space, like just using your space and going, well, what are you going to do about it? Oh, God. And so I've done a column this week, and and actually didn't even get to the point of saying what what can you do about it because there's not there doesn't seem to be a lot you can do about it in some states. In Queensland, under certain circumstances, you can tow the offending vehicle, mm. but that is not allowed or encouraged in New South Wales, or based on laws I think related to horse stealing or something like that. <laughs> And it just makes you wonder, as we have said quite a lot, you know, we've bought into a new building and one of the things I suggested uh, was that they should have a bylaw about visitor parking. And the response I got was kind of weird. Like nobody actually, I don't think anybody grasped what I was suggesting. Mm. Well, you know, it's visitor parking, it's for visitors. What were you suggesting then? To I suggested that we should have a bylaw that says this is what a visitor is and let the community decide what that bylaw should be in terms of how they see it being used. But, you know, the questions I ask, is a visitor somebody who comes and spent puts a car there for two hours a day while they're visiting somebody in the building? Yes, you'd think. What about somebody whose partner, girlfriend, boyfriend arrives on a Friday night and leaves on a Monday morning and parks mm. their car there all weekend. Are they a visitor? Well, kind of, but are they a visitor in terms of using visitor parking? Yeah. And somebody who's perhaps hired a, an apartment for a week on Airbnb yep. and it, the apartment doesn't have a space or the space is being used for something else, can they use visitor parking? Or, yeah, or, 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 the, or the parking uh, that comes with the apartment is one or two spaces, but they've got four couples turning up for mm. a weekend together yeah. and they've each got cars. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's giving got, me a headache just thinking about it now. You've got um, families, like grown-up families, where the kids have grown up and they've each got cars and they come to visit for the weekend or for a week, and they are visitors. Are they entitled to park in visitor parking? And I think one of the things is that you have to look at the actual patterns of usage. So I wouldn't jump in and say, right, every visitor, every apartment block should have a bylaw that says you can only park here for two hours, because that just wouldn't work for some places. Some places you would, people might expect to be able to park there all day, Mm. I think somebody, if visitor parking is near a a lift, for instance, should you be able to park your own car there for 10 or 15 minutes while you unload the the shopping kind of thing? Yeah. Um, But the problem then is the enforcement. 
You know, mm. how do you, people will put stickers on saying, you know, and, and everybody gets this. Oh, you can't, you can't put a sticker on the windscreen because that might obscure their, their vision. And if they have a crash, then the building mm. will be liable. I mean, there needs to be a, a sensible discussion of this, doesn't there? And uh, a way of dealing with um, bad parking people. Yeah. Um, that, kind of is across the board and that everybody is allowed to do in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, everywhere. Really. Oh, you mean unified laws across know, all the states? I know, that's You're ridiculous, crazy person. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But there should be some way of, of dealing with that. It could be, you know, maybe a building is allowed to clamp people Well, that, and fine people. Or uh, Well, we know a building where they have signs up saying, if you park illegally, you will be clamped, which they're not allowed to do, to do, but they hope it's going to be a deterrent. And then every so often, people on the committee take it in turns to park their car <laughs> in the visitor parking and put a wheel clamp on it. Yeah, just so to people show. will come in and go, "Oh my God, they do that here!" and then go and find somewhere else to park. It's brilliant, isn't it? I heard of one person who um, they kept putting a note on a guy's car who was just being ignored. They'd find it crumpled up, thrown on the floor, and then one day they put it on the bonnet under a house brick. Oh. Right, so it's so, like a threat kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like they're they're picking up. They had to mm. pick up the house brick to l- read the note telling them not to park there anymore, mm. and um, it, apparently it worked. So mm. I have a new plan, which is only slightly illegal. Okay, is your plan something like put a note on saying we put sugar in your petrol or something? No, that's like an that. old one. Oh, that's, that's old. that doesn't work. <laughs> So you think what you don't want is like the clamping and the sugar in the petrol tank note. Um, I mean, you would never put sugar in somebody else's no, petrol tank. Not. But what you might do is sprinkle a bit of sugar around the petrol oh. tank intake and put a post-it note saying, I've put sugar in your petrol tank, don't drive this car. The problem with that is the car is still there. The problem mm. with clamping is yeah. the car is still there. Yeah. So what's your plan? Take their number plate. Actually, remove their number plate. All right. Isn't isn't that it's causing... a bit illegal? All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's quite probably quite illegal. But you remove their number plate and then put a note on their windscreen saying, "We've your number plate fell off. I've handed it in to the police." Oh. Right? Okay. And then you go to the police station with a number plate and you say, "This number plate fell off near our apartment block. Um, maybe somebody will come in and." Ask for it, mm. and uh, and then what you've done is created a bit, quite a lot of hassle. Um, but they can't drive. The problem is they can't. They shouldn't drive the car without the number plate. They probably will. If they're the kind of people who steal parking, then they probably do whatever they want. But I just, I don't know. It's quite. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, because the problem is, you know, you put bylaws in, but they only apply to the people who own and live in the building. Mm. Now, if you can identify the owner who is allowing people to park in the parking spot, then you can give them breach notices and maybe even fine them. Mm. And it's much easier in buildings with, say, concierge or a resident building manager to work that out. It's hard in buildings that don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. And But I was reminded of that story, was it last year, earlier this year? Uh, this tenant in a building had rented visitor parking to tradies working on a building site next door. Well, oh, that's right, yeah. She had gone down to one of these electronic shops and got the same kind of beeper that she used for getting an entrance into the building, opened up the back 
recoded them, which is very easy. Mm. This is as simple as changing a battery. Recoded all the beepers to work the entrance gate and then said to went gone down to the, the builder's yard and said, look, if you want to park in that building next door while you're working, give me a $60 deposit for the, the, uh, the beeper and it's $50 a week to park in there. Wow. So several of them paid up. And then the owner's corporation, the strata committee, worked out what had happened, why there were all these tradie trucks in their visitor parking every day. So they changed the coding mm. on all the beepers for the residents. Mm. Monday morning, there's a huge queue of angry tradies trying to get in because their beepers don't work anymore. And meanwhile, the tenant fled the building, just disappeared overnight, <laughs> midnight flit. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think that doesn't solve anything, but I think it's quite an amusing story. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about fleeing, mm. our lock up and leave this week, what have you got? Um, well, on Mild Rover, there was a fantastic trip, 12 days yep. to Japan, luxury small group travel. Oh, that sounds nice. And Japan... It's just such an endlessly fascinating country, mm. really. Mm. And that trip seemed to have all the highlights. You know, Mount Fuji, Kyoto, Hiroshima, Tokyo, Miyajama, that yep. place with the deer. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With deer wandering around. You've been there. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've done a tour of Japan and, and that's all the highlights, really, Osaka. Yeah. So it's... It's fantastic. It was and quite a decent price as well. I yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, it was a. It looked like a really good trip, and Japan seems to be the flavour of the moment oh, just yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are kind of heading there. I mean, it's not very far away from Australia, mm. um, comparatively. Comparatively, yeah. <laughs> Compared to Europe, and uh, it's a great place, great food, fabulous people, incredibly polite. Yeah, the culture there is so. It is polite. Yeah, yeah you know, you, very different to us in I, Australia. <laughs> I remember when it, one of the things that struck me, and it shows how pathetic I am the way I think, you know, hiking through Japan, find a little village and there's a vending machine mm. that sells snacks and coffee mm. and not a mark on it. No. Not, not sc no scratches, no graffiti, nothing. I'm thinking if this was back in Sydney, it would be on its side by now. <laughs> One of my fondest memories in Japan was I was in a coach and the coach driver had to stop suddenly. He had to brake suddenly with something in the road. And he stopped and pulled over and then he came round to every single passenger to apologise for any inconvenience he'd caused. It was incredible. Yeah. And we were like, wow, yeah. <laughs> what an amazing country. It is. So that's mildrover, M-I-L-D-R-O-V-E-R.com. You can find that and lots of other stuff. We're putting new stuff in every week now. And uh, it's to the point where you're thinking, oh, goodness me, there's such a good idea here and it's going to be pushed down the page because we've got other new stuff that's mm -hmm. fresher and better. And the joy of apartment living is you can leave it quite easily. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As long as you don't have pets, you can just lock up and go. Thank you, Sue. Um, you've got a busy day ahead of you and so have I. Uh, it's great to talk to you. And yep. You too, Jimmy. And thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. 
talk to you again next week.